Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Mission Daily, where each day we cover big ideas to help you level up your health, wealth, wisdom, plus so much more. In today's episode, I'm joined by Ian Faison. Big surprise there. You know, it felt like you were gone much longer than a day, but it's only been a day since we last spoke. It has been, and we've been all over. I, I did a little bit of traveling. You just got back from camping. Yeah, this past weekend in Calaveras Big Trees, which is funny because our trivia of the day in uh, the mission, in our newsletter, was what's the biggest organism on Earth, which can be up to 30 times bigger than a blue whale. The Sequoia. Sequoia Gigantum, or I think that's a Latin name. But anyways, it's the biggest uh, organism in the world. And I saw some this weekend and it truly makes you feel uh, small when there's a 2000 year old tree that's it never gets, feet. Yeah, it never gets old seeing them for sure. In today's episode of the Mission Daily, we're going to dive into some strategies uh, and ideas for relationships, specifically how to build and grow your relationships. And if you're digitally savvy, if you're online, if you're looking for good stuff, you're going to come across stoicism. It's everywhere these days. And what we were going to talk about today is stoic insights for happier relationships. And I think when we talk about relationships and really when anyone talks about relationships or love or loss or how to have like a I mindset said, yeah love uh lots of love <laughs> but i think it's generally kind of a i don't know maybe over talked about topic or maybe under top under talked about topic but what people rarely do is combine the stoicism with the relationships which is i think we yeah, have I a pretty unique angle for that today i was i didn't even think about that until now but i guess i haven't really seen that before uh, so in- so this is novel. Basically, that's what we're saying. This is going to be a novel podcast. <laughs> it's serious and a little silly as we, as we normally do. So in ancient Rome, there was an entrepreneur who did a little bit of dabbling in statecraft. Uh, he had a number of different businesses. He was really wealthy. He got into money lending, some uh, intrigue, some, there were some scandalous accusations that you can look up if you ever have the time. But his name was Lucius Seneca. And many people have... You know, heard about him. Tim Ferriss has popularized him. And Seneca was a philosopher who uh, did things and he took big risks and he rose up from nothing, became wealthy, lost it all, went into uh, isolation. He was cast out, I think maybe twice or something like that. Um, so yeah, he rebuilt his fortune every single time. And he took his best insights and passed them down in letters to his uh, up and coming uh, protege. And in those letters, probably the most interesting story that points to how to improve our relationships is uh, the story of Stilbo. So this story isn't a call to be like callous or flippant about great loss, but it is a um, thought experiment. So here, here we go. So there's a stoic named Stilbo who had been traveling far away from home. And when he returned, he found that barbarians had sacked his city, his wife, his family, and his in his children, everything uh, was either dead, gone, or, you know, he could only imagine what was happening to them if they were still alive. And that was, you know, the madness and the horror of how things happened uh, back then. And as Seneca, uh, not Seneca, sorry, but as Stilbo assessed the damage and everything like that, he was asked by one of the survivors or his companions, what have you lost? And Stilbo's answer was pretty crazy. He said, Nili Peredit. Daddy, omnia me cum sunt. So my Latin isn't up to speed, 
but Latin's not a spoken language. Boom. There you go. <laughs> so um, in English, basically what he's saying is I have lost nothing. My goods are all with me. Um, and that's that's pretty staggering. And what he meant by that at first glance, it seems callous, like we were saying. It doesn't sound great. And his name is Stilbo, which is a weird name. It's yeah. I mean, it's not he didn't have the name going for him. But if you can make it with a name like Stilbo, I mean, you can make it just about anywhere. Bilbo Baggins made it. That's true. That's a similar name. They might, yeah, they might be related. Um, maybe Bilbo was inspired by Stilbo. I probably was. Word up to both. Um, so it seems like Seneca's praise of this is like, yeah, pretty cold. But the deeper meaning here is that Stilbo was a Stoic, and part of Stoicism is the pursuit of apathia. And that is the mental state of being undisturbed by lesser emotions. It's a state where nothing can be taken from you because as you're going through life, you've properly valued everything and everyone while they're here with us. So, um, you know, William Blake famously reminded us that everything we have is in the process of becoming something else. And it's just like sand slipping through our fingers. It's what here is here now isn't going to be here forever. It's always in a process of, you know, we're basically losing everything. And it's a, you know, it's a horrible reality, but uh, that is life. And, but so why, I mean, it still seems after all that still seems pretty callous though. Like I don't really understand. Let's, let's go a little bit deeper. Yeah. Let's get, let's get deeper into into what he was actually saying and what the pursuit of apathy is, uh, is really all about. Um, and when I say Latin wasn't a spoken language, I mean that nobody's really heard it spoken. So it's hard to say, yeah, what it actually sounds like. I just heard it spoken and boy, (laughs) does it sound good. (laughs) Real good. Um, so Apathia, it's not about apathy, but it translates most closely in English to equanimity. So uh, maybe, you know, another synonym might be contentment and peace. But and apathy is like not a good word. In no, definitely. Society. And that's that's not what the Stoics were really going after. They were going after a state where petty annoyances and passions and things like that of the moment didn't distract them from capitalizing on the uh, the here and now, the specialness of the moment who they're interacting with, everything like that. And it was basically just like a call to action and a constant reminder that horrible things are going to happen. And as you're going through things with your wife, with your children, with your loved ones, you have to place proper value on those moments while they're here. Because what is inevitable is that everything is going to be taken from you. So the only way that you can really fortify yourself when horrible things happen or in the future where you know things age, entropy is you know, a reality for, for most things and value things while they're here. It's a constant call to action. And that's what the Stoics uh, did for each other. So when Stilbo was saying that, uh, he was basically saying that like, you know, I haven't lost anything because while it was here, I enjoyed it. I properly valued it. I didn't uh, constantly look back with regret. I didn't blow up and get angry at people. That's awesome. Yeah. I literally just got goosebumps. See, man, well done. Oh. Good explanation. But it reminds me of that John Boyd quote, um, that if a man can reduce his needs to zero, uh, he's truly free. Yeah. Um, but I think what people... John Boy was a gangster, by the way. Uh, fighter pilot, ace. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, if you have a job where three or like, I think it was like two out of four oh, test yeah. pilots are, are not coming home or they, after two years, they just are, are dead. Uh, man. Yeah. So. But, and, and, and I think for people like that, they properly value you know, life and needs and all that. And yeah. and he's the one, and he went on to say that there's nothing um, that can be taken from you um, and nobody can hurt you 
if your needs are zero, right? Yes. So, I mean, paraphrasing. Yeah. But, but that thought process, I think, is something current day and age. I know that I don't, I think the idea of loss is super painful for everyone. It's part of the human condition. I think the Stoics seem cold, but the way that you just described it, described it is the exact opposite of cold. It's yeah. being, it's very, it's very loving in yeah. a sense. Yeah. It's as, so we've talked about and seen Taleb before and everything. And, uh, Taleb describes the Stoics as uh, Buddhists with attitude, uh, <laughs> who say F you to fate. And, uh, that's, uh, that's really inspiring in a way because there are, it can feel like so much is out of our control and there's so much about life that is either a mystery or just impossible to understand why certain sufferings occur. I'm definitely not justifying them, uh, but I do want to give them the middle finger. So think about the people you value right now. Think about the relationships you have, the friends, maybe the ones that you want to value more. This is really just a call to action to uh, do something small today to to really just be in the moment and revel in how great they are because you know that's the best way to fortify yourself for whatever comes your way. Hopefully it's great, but if it's not, at least you'll know that you are working along the way. I think that's you know, oftentimes when tragedy strikes, it can really cripple people and just put put them out of the game, you know, for a really long time. And it's it's horrible. And that daily process of you know always preparing, man, it's just it's you're not gonna regret it. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Um you've seen Gladiator. Yes. Maximus, Decimus Aurelius, father <laughs> to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife. He will get revenge in this life or the next. Not could be not to be confused with our producer Maximus. <laughs> Um, shout out to Maximus. Shout out to Maximus. Um, so what he did was go and get revenge for what happened to his family. What do you think Stilbo does after they're taken? Does he, like, is revenge in the Stoic philosophy? Where does that, I mean, and also. I So that, that's a really tricky word. And it's one of those things where uh, it means something very different to different people probably. And so I would say that, uh, you know, are you seeking in in certain cases, like, are you seeking revenge or are you seeking justice? And it's, it's tricky. And that's why like in, whether it's, uh, ancient Roman times or the longest lasting civilizations and nation states always have had a a strong push to make their soldiers, the philosophers. It was very important that the people that wielded the, not just the justice in the courts and the rule of law, but the people who wielded the uh, the fury or the what could be revenge or what could be justice of the state, it was very, very important that they also be philosophers because that's, yeah, you can very easily become the monster that you're fighting. What do you think in this current world, who are the philosophers? And is this something that is gone? Like, are we going to look back 100 years from now and say, oh, that person was a philosopher? Is that, I mean, other than J.K. Rowling, shout out. <laughs> it's not it's not gone uh and i think that the real philosophers are starting to uh encode their philosophies in their actions that's that's a good way of putting it i think that there are some lone geniuses out there who are putting their philosophies in into fiction and into safe places but generally philosophers are the first ones to get killed in any society um just because they're the first ones to encounter charges of corrupting the youth and things like that, uh, because generally they threaten the the status quo that tends to. I learned an interesting word this weekend. I think it's called gernotocracy, which is what? a society run by really really old people. Uh, oh, yeah. So 
when societies become too stable and, or yeah, basically not too stable, but when societies allow stasis to set in, mm-hmm. when uh, monopolies are not dynamic, when they don't come and go again and again, when they're not refreshed with new ideas and philosophy and virtue and good and things like that, uh, it's just a bad thing. And the philosophers are forced to retreat and put their ideas into fiction and safe places. Uh, otherwise, they just expose themselves to yeah, crowds of angry people who don't want things to change. So, Before we get out of here, I have two requests. Yes. I have two tricks and one illusion. Uh, no, <laughs> um, I have two requests. One, could you do the, could you talk about the equation or equation for apathia? And then the second thing that, and I can prime you, but then the second thing I want to do a little bit about the Mission Book Club. So yeah. first thing. So, oh, this is a great, yeah, this is a great way to think about it. Yeah, because um, this is really good. I was, yeah, I was blanking on that for a second. I know what you mean. So when we talked earlier about yeah different types of thinking about equations as a way to get to things we want. And so that pursuit of apathy, uh, if you're listening, you probably think that's, yeah, it's a great reminder. It's a great word to remind yourself to properly value things. Here's the equation. So let's see. Okay, so we have to just talk really quickly about curiosity. And so when you blend curiosity and growth, uh, good things happen. So when you're, we're talking about like personal growth here. So curiosity plus growth uh, gives you satisfaction, meaning, and a journey where it's you know a joy to reflect on things. If you have curiosity without growth, you're going to get satisfaction, but eventually pain. And that's going to come because you're going to look back and wish that you'd grown and wish that you had done more. When you have growth without curiosity, you're going to get some meaning, uh, but you risk on missing out on maybe some uh, some novel things and some things that you couldn't predict, some serendipity, things like that. Uh, and life can be just way too rigid. So um, I think that like always just reflecting that you have to be curious, have a childlike mind with uh, when you approach properly valuing things, because you can easily become too rigid and too categorical uh, when you're trying to value some of those things that just can't be valued, that you really just have to enjoy. Um, and then just remember to mix growth in there. But if you become too uh, maniacal, that's the thing about personal growth is it can quickly steer off into the territory where people are just so obsessed with growth that they leave everything and uh, to the exclusion of everything else. And that can quickly become a... Uh, a lonely place. This is just such a cool way of looking at things. And it's something I'd never really thought about before we started looking at a lot of this stuff and sharing with our readers. But I love this idea of, and we'll we'll publish um, an article. If, if, if our listeners don't know at the mission, Chad's publishing articles pretty much every other day. Oh yeah. They kind of like go along that that detail, a lot of the stuff and the research that we put into these episodes. So you should check those out if you haven't we already. Should. Why, aren't we, why aren't we putting those in the show notes? We should. Oh, Actually, yeah. Let's we'll put them in the show notes. Look for them in the show notes. Producer Max, head back into uh, the show <laughs> notes and uh, and drop those in there. Um, so we'll link up all the articles. But and we'll this you'll get better detail in the actual article of how this looks on paper because it's kind of hard to explain. You did a great job. Yeah, that was a bit complicated. Uh, not so sure, but it, yeah. No, nice. but it but it's the idea of like if you're constantly curious but you don't grow as a person, then you're going to be kind of regret that there's some things that you wish you had done. Sure. If you are, if you just grow and you aren't curious about things, you're going to have some meaning, but you're just not going to 
you know, really have that kind of future accomplishment because you just never were, you never took the risks. You were too rigid and curiosity plus growth equals satisfaction. Like that's finding your mission. That is, you know, being on the journey and you've, you've been curious, you've grown as a person. And that's like really what kind of this like idea of apathy is, is all about. Definitely. And with those two things together, curiosity and growth, I think you're just going to be primed with a mindset that is uh, much more hospitable to enjoying the small things. It's going to be much, much easier to enjoy those. So thanks so much for listening and we'll see you tomorrow. Oh, and also Mission oh, Book Club. The book Club. Keep a lookout for it. The Mission Book Club. Yeah, the uh, next one is June. I think it's 25th. Uh, no, 28th. 28th? Yeah, 28th. I knew it kind of looked, eights and fives look yeah, similar. We're reading The War of Art. Oh yeah, so if you're not if you're not reading, if you haven't got The War of Art, check it out. And if you've re- already read it, so I've I reread it occasionally and it's uh it's always fun to revisit certain books that are very powerful like that and then discuss them with friends. Yeah, on next on the next episode of The Mission Daily, we're going to be talking more about these top topics, but also what is the world's greatest lie? Oh, love it. That's See you tomorrow. See ya. Hey, listeners. Thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.